This is the MLW Radio Network. It's Tuesday night. How are you doing? My name is Mike Freeland. It is Front Row Material. I am joined by my good longtime personal friend, the Mojo River Fish, EJ Miller. Mr. Miller, how are you, buddy? I'm sore. I'm still in pain. I'm waiting for the CBDs to kick in and take away a little bit of the uncomfortability. How are you? You know what? I got. I, I don't got a whole lot of complaints. The uh, the part of the country I'm in right now, we've gotten a lot of snow, and uh, I've taken a few uh, a few bumps. But uh, other than that, you know what? I feel good. I feel good. No, I had surgery last week, and uh, I haven't gone outside because I don't want to take a bump. I, I just refuse. I'm not going to do it. I don't feel like going skating, so I'm uh, not going to even put myself out there. Yeah, it's one of those weird situations where, you know, you just got to be super careful when you're outside. I was uh, shoveling the driveway, and uh, I, you can turn an ankle like you wouldn't believe. You know what I mean? You've be, you've become an old man. I have become an old man. <laughs> now you're I worried Absolutely. About- Turning an ankle because that could put you in the hospital and then one foot in the grave and you're done. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, Guys, there's a few things I want to address at the top of the show before we go any further. For those of you who have followed us on social media, I thank you very, very much. Uh, The last, I would say, 48 hours, I was talking to uh, the fish about this. uh, It's been a tough one uh, in the front room material uh, family. So, um, Mikey and Jerry, as you know, have decided to uh, to take a little bit of a sabbatical. They're going to take care of some things, and uh, and hopefully one day we they we will see them again. We will be reunited. But um, until then, I'm going to be holding down the fort. Uh, they've given me the keys to the car. <laughs> Don't know why they have that much confidence in me. But until then, I'm going to be joined by the fish. We're going to have some other guests on here as well with us. And most importantly, that you guys are joining us each and every Tuesday night. So let's kind of get into this here. Uh, Tell a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do and anything and everything so our audience can become familiar with you. Ooh, okay. Let's do we want to do the fun part or the uh, historical part? You pick whichever one. I'm a private investigator up here in Buffalo. I've been doing that for about 20 years now. Uh, I've run marathons. Um, Let's see. I do three different podcasts right now. I have my own on mojo50.com called Room 13. I also have a second podcast called Motivation U, uh, where it's five to 10 minute little inspirational pieces to motivate and inspire you to get you on to whatever goal you're trying to attain. Uh, Start off as an audio kind of diary on my training to do marathons. But once the pandemic kind of kicked that in the nuts, uh, it morphed (laughs) and otherwise changed into something a little more fun. Um, I've been a coach for multiple sports, so I kind of drew on from that to uh, otherwise make some fun for myself. So that's that part of me. I'm a father of four, been married to the same woman for 20 years. So I'm 20 years into my life sentence, whenever the hell that happens (laughs) and that ends. Um, I stopped going down first on the basement steps when my wife took me downstairs because I was afraid of the uh, push. <laughs> so, Smart man, there's that. Um, I've been a wrestling fan stage six. I can remember the first wrestling match I saw, and I pointed at my father and said, Dad, what is this? 
And he looked at the TV screen and we had the little 12 inch little box screen back in the eighties. And he's like, that's ah, trash. That's wrestling. Flip the channel. And I remember oh, wow. seeing that it was the road warriors and it was the, uh, the, the night of the, the skywalkers. And yes. I saw it on TV and I'm like, there's these big muscular guys all painted up and they look badass, and they're going up to the scaffold. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what this is, but I want to watch. <laughs> and I was freaking hooked. Uh, the part of the country I'm from, I got access to Georgia championship, WCW, uh, world class WWF. And I got wow. WWF from Maple Leaf gardens and from, um, New York. Um, we got everything. It was so cool. So I got exposed to all these different types of wrestling and all these different type of promotions. And man, I've, I've had the sickness ever since, um, since age like six or seven years old, I've been totally hooked. Well, think about it from this perspective. You got in at like a perfect moment. What I mean, the night of the Skywalkers is, is one of the most classic nights of wrestling in history. And that was your first experience and you've been hooked. And I love it when you, I talk to wrestling fans and they can specifically remember the specific venues and you're, you're one of them, you know, when you see a certain wrestling tape from a certain generation or a certain era you know exactly where that is um wow you yeah, are a you connoisseur, that, my friend if you can see that stage uh, the the rampway remember the old aew uses it now they use the rampway that's maple leaf gardens and yes, i remember that rampway because it was so cool and then i'd go to buffalo to go watch the wrestling matches with my old man and i'm like where's the where's the ramp they they have the <laughs> ramp on the tv i want to see the ramp it's not it's not wrestling without the ramp um and i got to watch so many different stars come through buffalo uh rowdy rowdy piper was the first guy i saw that was like the main event that night it was rowdy rowdy piper against tito santana and it was flipping awesome um but that's my wrestling i wanted to be a wrestler growing up and then i became a father and i had to get a real job and i never chased it so but you're a cool dad though that's the thing private investigator how badass is that it, it, you're kind of like a magnum pi you yes, know what i my, mean my daughters would never admit to it because they're just like they they get introduced to their friends and oh what does your dad do and because of where I live it's very right. multicultural so the parents here are different than white parents um, they're very curious they want to know what their kids are being exposed to and what kind of households are coming into and um, my my kids seem to collect friends like a mini UN we have I think every nation in the world. Uh, represented when friend time comes over um, and they're 16, 14, 12. And um, yeah, my daughters are kind of like, eh, my dad's a private investigator. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. And their parents are like, oh, that's awesome. Like a Magnum PI. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I love that one. That is pretty badass. I can, I can honestly tell you, I've known firefighters, EMTs, police officers, uh, and a lot of people who are amazing, but a real, pi like how exciting is that that is that gets me excited so i tell you what hopefully along the way keeping details out of it you might be able to share with us some really cool stories of your uh your adventures because i can imagine that uh you should write a book one day have you ever thought about that at some point change the names but write a book someday because there's been some ridiculous things that have happened to me um ridiculous cases whether it involves strippers guns um car chases that was fun not to be repeated again i hope um some different experiences i've gone along the way of chasing people following people watching people um 
some pretty sad ones and some pretty fun ones. Wow. Well, guys, it is Tuesday night, and as you know, we jump knee-deep into the situation when it comes to wrestling, and like many nights, we we kind of go down a certain road, and then other times we kind of get distracted, and we end up circling round back and, and getting to what we really wanted to talk about. So we have put together some topics that we'd like to get into. We want you to jump into the discussion as well. If you have questions, if you have your own thoughts, by all means, drop them into the chat. Uh, but I think the first thing that I, I really want to kind of pick your brain on here is you and I were talking on the phone and we were discussing, you know, how wrestling is, we're kind of in that unique period right now where it's it's kind of building back up, yet in the same breath, there's some things that definitely need to be changed. Um, what would you say the first thing that you would determine is something about wrestling that you're really excited about and what's one thing that you feel like eh, this needs to definitely change what aew and whoever i don't know who is the puppet master through all of this what aew is doing with new japan wrestling impact nwa um hopefully ring of honor joins that little crew um and triple a probably i think triple a's got a little bit of a foothold into that whole little whatever they're doing that little gang of seven or eight organizations where they're going to start doing super shows and dream matches. Um, we haven't had that since the days of the independence, um, the days of when the NWA was the NWA and you had all these different organizations across the, across the nation and across the world joining forces. And they do super cards. Um, New Japan does super cards all the time where they do it. Um, what's the big, the big dome uh, down there in Japan. Um, Russell kingdom. Or do you mean as far as the Tokyo dome? Yeah, the Tokyo Dome, Russell Kingdom, where they do super shows. And yes. it's freaking phenomenal. Um, I love the fact that AEW seems, uh, they are the ones to take credit for it. By all, you know, that's awesome. But um, what that collection of organizations is doing by instead of, you know, fighting amongst each other, realizing that the, the enemy isn't each other, it's, there doesn't have to be an enemy, actually. But you don't, you don't have to go try go against you know WWE head to head. You can instead gain allies and build up an organization separately and together and put on something really good. You can make money, um, which is kind of what it's all about. Um, tell good stories. No, you're you're 100 right, and it does kind of throw you back. You mentioned the National Wrestling Alliance and where. Uh, different territories worked with each other. You know, hey, can I borrow this guy for six, eight weeks? Hey, I'll let you have this guy for six, eight weeks where it would draw money and everybody would ultimately win. And that's what Vince's father was into. And it wasn't until Vince decided, hey, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. I want to kind of go out on my own and kind of gobble up everybody. Do you feel like the the platform that we have right now with wrestling, pre-pandemic, that – Vince stockpiled people for the simple fact that he didn't want them to go anywhere else so they could maybe harm the WWE product so he could kind of hoard everybody. I, I talked to a lot of different people, and they've all kind of agreed that there was this hoarding that was being done with talent. Do you feel like a lot of people in wrestling also saw it that way? I did. I definitely did. Because you'd watch the WWE sign a collection of wrestlers from – Ring of Honor, and then they go hit Impact, and then they'd scoop up a couple little indie wrestlers. I shouldn't say little indie wrestlers, but the guys that were free on the indie scene. Um, and it seemed to be they were collecting toys 
not so they can make use of them, but just so no one else can hurt them with them. Um, it's self-preservation, but some of those wrestlers, they didn't do anything with. It just seems they like signed them to contracts, and it's like, okay. And they were mid-carters, they were curtain jerkers, or they dwelt down in NXT. And then the last couple of months of their contract, they just let them sit at home. Um, right. But you definitely saw a lot of that from from Vince and WWE, where they were just scooping up talent. And it was kind of, as me as an indie lover, um, me as a lover of the other promotions, it's just kind of like, oh, there goes Ricochet. Oh, there goes... You know, fill in the blank. There goes this guy. There goes that guy. They just did it last week. You t- you texted me a couple days ago that, um, oh God, they gave him a porno name. Why did they do it? Um, <laughs> Was it freaking, LA Knight? They made him into a French wrestler. La yes. Knight, here he is. Yeah. La Knight. Why? La Knight. Why? What was wrong with Eli Drake? I, I, don't I have understand. no idea. Well, I mean, once again, Vince wants to be able to capitalize on you know, monetizing the name. So therefore he's going to, you know, give him a name that he owns the rights to and therefore merchandise cups, t-shirts, all that kind of stuff. He's going to get a large majority of it. If it's Eli Drake, which I assume would be a name or a moniker that he owns. uh, And it's Sean Ricker that he owns as well. um, He wouldn't probably get as much. So, and that might've been a deal breaker as well. Who knows? But I, I, I want to know who's in charge of handing out names. Where it's kind of like, hey, you know, Eli Drake, <laughs> we're, we understand you own the rights to Eli Drake. Okay, okay, we understand. We have this box of names you can pick from. Go yep. ahead and pick one. And he picked L.A. Knight. I mean, what? I know. What does the L.A. stand for? It's got to stand for something. I, I if just it's not Los Angeles, I mean. Because I saw I saw it come across online where I'm just like, oh, shit, they signed him. And then they saw the gimmick they're going to give him. I'm like, okay, cool gimmick. But why the freaking name? I, I know. The name I'm still hung up on where I'm just kind of like, oh, for, I'm glad they didn't do that to Ricochet. Did they name him Rick O'Shea? I, I thought they were going to name him, you know, make it an Irish wrestler. <laughs> um, they signed a couple other guys where I'm just like, oh, don't screw with their freaking names. They did it with the Viking Raiders. They did. They, they were did it with the Viking fine Raiders. as War Machine or as War. I know. Sorry. They were great. And then they gave him that whole little, and they, they gave him new first names. That's like, holy crap. You just, they make them into this cartoon world stuff that doesn't exist anymore. And it sounds so stupid. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, when I first heard LA night, I, I thought of BK nights and uh, that's probably <laughs> an outdated reference. That's literally the first thing I thought of no, I got or it. LA gear. I, that's like the two things I thought of. And I was like, oh, man. Wow. Maybe, they'll pre- maybe he'll walk out in a track suit and a little, you know, high tops, and that's going to be his gimmick. You never know. 90s rap star. Oh, gosh. Uh, we got a series of topics we're going to kind of go into here. And the first one I want to mention here, I'm going to throw it up here on the screen. Ric Flair pregnancy storyline. Okay, now you got to explain this to me. I, I don't. I don't like WWE. I was raised on WWE, and at some point in my lifetime, WWE just gave me the middle finger, uh, called me stupid, just neglected my wrestling intellect or appreciation. Is Ric Flair pregnant, or did Ric Flair knock someone up? Well, it's 2021, so there is the possibility that Ric Flair is pregnant, uh, but no, Ric Flair is not pregnant. As the storyline goes, as I believe, uh, he is managing... Lacey Evans, and she is pregnant. 
And she now is actually in real life pregnant, but they decided to go ahead and mix the two worlds together. And there is a storyline right now that she is pregnant and it's believed that Rick is the daddy. I just heard so, Maury Povich when you said that. Yes. Space Mountain Rick, rides again, my friend. Uh, oldest ride, longest line. Yes, I know. Um, mm-hmm. I have serious problems. I They did it with, um, oh, who is the jacked wrestler that did the no hair, the, the lost hair contest with Donald Trump? Bobby Lashley? Bobby Lashley. Okay, they yes. did Bobby Lashley where they did a whole little love affair with Lana and Rusoff, and they had the whole little storyboards where they were that showing them in bed gratuitous. together. That was gratuitous. That was softcore porn. They sell toys to kids, but yet their programming looks like softcore porn. How am I supposed to take my daughters to go see your product, buy t-shirts and toys for my kids, yet this is the crap that you shill? Same Uh, thing with the Ric Flair thing. No, I I agree. I'm going to throw this up here. Um, Metal Maniac 3486 writes, WWE's adult content is the most childish crap I've ever seen. Uh, awesome comment on that. I could not agree with you more. And, and here's the thing. I'm not just poo-pooing on WWE. And I know a lot of people think that I'm just one of those WWE haters for, for no apparent reason. Not necessarily the case. The reason why I have such an issue with the WWE is what you just said. They insult you. They make you feel less of a wrestling fan. And they almost shame you for being a wrestling fan. Because they don't want to be known as a wrestling fan company and that's why we're all there i mean let's be honest i'm there because i like to see the action in the ring i don't mind what happens backstage but the the majority of the time i'm watching it's because i want to see what is happening between the ropes and bringing a guy like rick flair in at his age i don't know what he necessarily has to offer fish tell me am i talking crazy here do you feel like he still has some value at this age and if so where would you use him if you were the booker if you were bruce pritchard i'd use him as a as a mouthpiece i mean give him a wrestler that can't yet really get there on the mic and let him talk for him let him be that hype man let him be the tully blanchard that aew is using now perfectly let him be the jake roberts that AEW was using really well up until recently because I have no idea when the Warhawk became a good guy. I didn't see that twist, that pivot in the character. Um, but when when Lance Archer was the bad guy, when he was the monster, Jake Roberts was the devil. Um, yeah. There's another good example. Uh, James J- James Mitchell. James yes. Mitchell is a freaking freak of a manager. But that's how I'd use Ric Flair. Let him be a mouthpiece. Let him be that heater. Let him get the crowd all riled up. I don't know if he can be. He's so beloved. I don't know if he can be a bad guy. But let him be that heel. To, let him be that manager to talk for a wrestler that hasn't got its his his, uh, his chops yet on the mic. And let that wrestler learn from freaking Rick freaking Flair. Um, but the whole idea of a 75-year-old man knocking up a 20-something-year-old woman? Yeah. Um, and by the way, just last year, they did video uh, when she won the championship or when she was uh, she was going for the championship. With hold her that daughter, thought. When you who said was all of- we have video, uh, I, I literally thought you were going to say, 
Let's throw it to the package. We have video of consummation. Uh, I don't want to picture that. Well, I'd like to picture half of that, just not the other half, not not the Ric Flair half. Hey, yo. Uh, no, no, don't want to say it. Um, but the whole idea of Ric Flair, you know, and you just, like I was just going to say, you had video last year of Lacey Evans crying uh, at the ringside, embracing her daughter with her husband right there. I, I remember that. You're going to make me yes. forget that? You're going to tell know. me that Lacey hooked up with a 75-year-old man because it's Ric Flair um, in, 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 is leaving behind same-age husband who, good build, I'm not gay, but if I was gay, he's a good-looking guy, and her hey, cute little daughter. We, we can we can appreciate other men's physiques. We, there's no problem with that. You know who's got and, and since we're talking about physiques, and we're going to go to him sooner or later, I really hope so, uh, the Hollywood hunk on AEW, Ryan, Na- Ryan Nemeth? Ryan Nemeth. Yes. Dude is good-looking. He's he got is. a build. He's yes. an athlete. Looks good mm-hmm. in the ring. I don't know if he can talk just yet, but he sold like hell last Wednesday night on AEW. No, no, I, I am with you 100% on that. I feel like he's one of those people who just, when someone walks into a room, they have a presence about him. And he has a presence and he has a look. And obviously he's the brother of Dolph Ziggler. So I'm sure that he's sat under the learning tree with him as well. So oh. I think he'll do very, very well. I do. What a a freaking lineage to come from because freaking Dolph is, he has reinvented himself and just numerous times. They just, they start and restart that poor guy over and over again. And the guy is just freaking money. I love, I love to hate him and I love to cheer for him. Just tell me what I'm going to do. That's all he's got (laughs) to do is tell me what to do. Am I hating you today? Good. I hate you with a passion because he's so good as a heel. I know. He can talk, he can do all of it, and he's nonstop in the ring. Now, a lot of people really knocked him, you know, for being like a, a Shawn Michaels knockoff or a, you know, a, a cheap man's Shawn Michaels. But you know what? I don't care. The guy can go, he can perform, and in my opinion, if you're being compared to Shawn Michaels, I don't see that being a bad thing, in my opinion. Yeah. All who, right. What wrestler hasn't hasn't stolen their gimmick from somebody? They're trying to Everyone. imitate or emulate somebody. Everyone rips off of everybody. So for people who think that that's, oh, you're not unique or you're not whatever, one of a kind or the first ever, there isn't a first ever, okay? Unless you're a Buddy Rogers or um, unless you're one of those Dick the Bruisers or you've ripped off of somebody. So anyway, Ric Flair, uh, the pregnancy angle, I don't know if I necessarily – I don't like it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna poo-poo on it just yet. I'd like to see where it goes. But you're right. It's very hard to get into that when you see it's a 20 year old woman, 25, and a 75 year old man. You know, it, when you did that whole Space Mountain thing, uh, oldest ride, longest line. That reminds me of what was that? Uh, oh, Mikey was talking about it a few months ago. It was like a documentary on like HBO Plus about some water park in New Jersey. That was like, oh, lo- God. it was lawsuit yeah. heaven. What was the name of that? Somebody in the chat can tell me what the hell was the name of that place. Um, oh my! Isn't God. that the one where the kid got decapitated on the uh, water? Class ride? action park. Thank you very much. Class That's- action park. Jersey Devil. Thank you. Um, Jersey Devil. Nice. Love it. So yeah, 
that's what I thought of when I thought of Ric Flair and uh, good God almighty. So moving on from Ric Flair, let's, uh, let's talk about topic two. Tony Khan, uh, as everyone knows, has begun a relationship with Impact Wrestling and Don Callis and Scott Demore. Now we've recently discovered that there is at least the introductory of a relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling with Kenta coming in. Now, you know, there is word that maybe Okada may be coming in as well. They may be setting something up here. I want to ask you this question. Do you think it was too early in the AEW legacy or... Um, I don't even know the, the right word I'm looking for, but in its infancy to be able to be doing something like this right now, or do you think that, no, if the situation presents itself, got to strike when the iron's hot? Yeah, you got to do it when it's hot. I mean, he's got opportunities. He's making inroads. He's got some wrestlers on his roster that can grease the wheels. Um, shoot your boy there. Who do you, you who do you have the man crush on? Which guy do I have the you man crush on? About. You mean you mean Kenny yes. Kenny? Yes, Kenny Omega, who's also the AAA champion down there in uh, Mexico. So he yes. has the connections for you down there in Mexico. Plus, you still have you know the Lucha Brothers on your roster, who I'm sure have their own connections. Um, and the whole roster's got connections back to New Japan, as long as you know there's no hard feelings. Um, no, you got to strike when the when the when the iron's hot, and if there's a story that they're going to go with, maybe these plans have been laid all along. This could have been a a plan they've had all along. Don't know what the time frame really was, but this could have been the master plan. Uh, Anton, hide my dick. Uh, God, I love that guy. He writes, "Well, WWE did bring in ECW when they were down." just to do something different. Anton, I could not agree with you more. It's one of the situations where I think Fish said it right. If you have the opportunity, you know, some people might say it's not the right time, but at what point is the right time? Is there necessarily a right time? Um, There can be better times than others, but is there necessarily one specific right time? And I think if you were to pass on this and let's say WWE were to reach out and do a partnership with another promotion, that was a lost opportunity. Um, let me let me kind of swing this question here. Do you think WWE will partner up with another promotion, or do you think they're one of those companies that, no matter what, I think they're going to stay in their own playground? I think once upon a time ago they did do a deal with uh, was it All Japan back in the nineties. Um, where they did, uh, they let, they lent a couple of wrestlers over to do a diff, uh, bigger show. Right. Am I misremembering that? I think there was a little that? bit of trade-off. I think, I think, did you say the mid nineties? Was it like the, um, mid to mid to late nineties. Okay. I think was there was it, a little was it bit all of Japan, like new Japan. Oh, God, that's a really good question. If somebody in the chat is familiar with, if it's all Japan or new Japan, let us know. Uh, but yes, I think you are right with that. They definitely did something because I know Bradshaw and Vader went over there uh, and they did a tour, but I'm not 100% sure who else participated. I think it was a one-off situation and I'm not really sure who set that up or who was behind that. So, But I can't see Vince or whoever's in controls of WWE swallowing their pride, swallowing their ego and letting their guys look weak on a world stage because they're a world company, not just a national company um, right. where all Japan, 
they're all Japan's kind of a world company, but it's mostly a, a national company. Same with AAA um, and a couple of other national promotions. I just can't see WWE doing it. They'll they'll do it. Either you do it their way, or they'll do it without you. They'll find right. you know a bunch of if they want to do a a, a New Japan inv- invasion and New Japan won't go along, they're just going to hire a bunch of Asian wrestlers, Japanese wrestlers, or, yes. Yeah, or they'll go to China and they'll get a bunch of Chinese ones or whatever. Um, frick, geez, Chief J. Strongbow's not even Native American; he's Indian, and they did that one for twenty years. Uh, they'll they'll do it with or without you, and you're going to do it their way, or they're not going to do it. You know, their way or the highway—that's the way it is. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent with that. I don't think, despite what Triple H has mentioned in the. Um, the press conversations that he's had uh, that they will necessarily do a partnership with another promotion just for the simple fact that they say that their stars are the main attraction. So like you said before, I don't think they're going to do anything that is going to put somebody else over or make somebody else look good. I think that's why they have the inner promotions, the NXT, the SmackDown, the raw, they think that is their version of, you know, having competing brands. So, I don't think that'll happen, but Tony Khan recently uh, made a comment and he was questioned and said, you know, you're, you're working with new Japan. You're working with impact. Obviously you have a relationship with AAA, a uh, with Kenny being the champion down there as well. Would you ever consider opening up that, you know, that elusive door and work with WWE and, and Tony made the comment. He said, I don't see why not at some point if the situation presents itself. So fish, I'm going to ask you, if Tony is open to it, do you think the old man would extend the hand? Or do you think at the end of the day, something like this is going to have to happen once the old man steps down? If the old man actually extended the hand, I'd be wondering where the other hand is and what was in that other hand. Because I just, I don't trust. Vince got to where he is by being smart and ruthless. I give him all the respect in the world. He is very, very smart. He got to, he built his company from, you know, the ground up. It's a world powerhouse. So if, you know, Vince were to extend the hand, you might want to look what the other hand is holding. Uh, Does it got a knife? And is it ready for your back? Um, I think it'd be something that after Vince steps down, I think Stephanie might be a, a little more business savvy and see the opportunities that might exist by doing such a super show or doing a cross promotion kind of deal. Um, I think Triple H would be a lot more open to it. They just seem to be a little more, um, uh, for lack of a better word, open to something like that. Um, whereas I think Vince still sees it as a territory days and it's my way or the highway. It's my toy box and we will play the games I want to play. Yeah, I think whether or not it's uh, it's so funny because they have that phrase, what's best for business. But I feel like not necessarily they do what's really best for business. I think they do what's best for um, maybe their own mindset or their own ego or whatnot. But I think the days are gone when it's, I'm going to fight you, you fight me. I think a lot of people are realizing now more can be won if we work together. And you may be able to slay the giant if everyone works together. And that's going to bring me up to another topic that we're going to talk about a little bit later on the show. But I think if more companies start pulling together and they start becoming this more of a united front, I think WWE may start to be forced to make some drastic changes. 
Um, yeah, I mean, circling back to the whole, you know, AEW working with New Japan, it's not just AEW that benefits by having New Japan in their corner and bringing their talent in. New Japan prior to the pandemic was, and they just, I think they just uh, signed a new TV contract here in the States. They're looking to get exposure for their talent here. This way that translates into more eyes on their, uh, on their promotion on the other channel. I can't remember what channel they actually just they just went to, but pre-pandemic, they were starting to do shows here in the United States. Uh, shoot, they did the whole Madison Square Garden thing with Ring of Honor, and they sold the damn thing out. Um, and that is hats off, awesome that you know a, a non WWE promotion came in and uh, sold out the freaking Garden, which is Vince's backyard. Well, and that was also fairly taboo at the time too, because Vince had always thought that there was this unsaid, you know, or unsaid rule as far as, you know, going into someone's backyard and whatnot. And the garden had always been WWE's Mecca, but, you know, they started to go over and work in Brooklyn and they started working over there and Madison square garden wasn't getting as many dates for WWE just because MSG is an older facility and it's not as up to date. The, the facility in Brooklyn, I'm trying to remember the, the name of it. It's the, um, Oh, the center, uh, Barclays, the Barclays center. Thank you. And it's, it's more readily available for TV. It's just more production friendly. I think that that's what drew them. And I think from a contract standpoint, they probably got a better deal, but you, you, you can't do this. You can't break up with a girl and start dating a new girl. But then when the old girlfriend starts dating somebody else, you saw the sudden say, well, wait a minute, you can't do that. That that's not the way things work, but unfortunately, you know you got a you got a Jr. Ewing feeling uh, when you look at Vince McMahon, and that's the way he operates. Um, but I'm I'm hoping I'm very very much hoping that these promotions will start to uh, start to coalesce, and that kind of leads me into topic three. Do you think with AEW New Japan Impact one day if they do a super show, could we rival WrestleMania? I think that's like right on the horizon. I think all in at the, if, oh, if we can just get past this whole little pandemic thing where we can actually do a live show with the capacity that we used to have before it happened, think about an, an all in at an outdoor venue or a really big football. I, I think they can do it. I think AEW's already already shown that they can actually do a sold-out venue, a big venue, a TV venue, and their production value is really, really good. Now they got TNT behind them. They got the cons money behind them. I think they can do it. They have the talent. They have the roster. They've been doing it for like the last year, telling great stories. So I think we're maybe one or two years away from uh, an all-in that is right there at the same level as WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm hoping more than anything else that there is a chance that this will happen. And, and I think it will. I think it will. I think it'll just take a little bit of time and for people to get on the same page as far as a money standpoint. But I think if you can get past that and realize that there is a tremendous amount of money and tremendous amount of exposure that would accompany an event like this, I think it would be great. Uh, Jersey Devil writes in the WWF, New Japan, and all Japan Pro Wrestling tried a super card in 1990 called the wrestling summit. Awesome piece of information here. Appreciate that Jersey devil. I, uh, I had thought that I had remembered something like that previously, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but I don't know. I, I just started thinking about that. I mean, 
as much as people do not want to give credit to the Young Bucks for what they've done, and I'm I'm not necessarily touting that they're the greatest tag team, but they have really done a lot to change the way wrestling is done based on relationships. And I would not be surprised if you see a Ring of Honor jump into this whole thing as well. What are your thoughts? Ring of Honor has got to do something because NWA, by doing whatever business deal they've done, and I love the talent that's come over from Ring of, from uh, from NWA, Thunder Rosa. Yes. Thunder Rosa, if you're listening right now, and I have tagged <laughs> you on Twitter, Darling, I've loved you when in your past characters. I saw you over there in Lucha Underground. I know who you are. I know who you were before that one, too. You have come such a long way in the character you're doing right now with Thunder Rosa. You on the mic is so good, and I love watching you in the ring. So um, what the hell was the question? Should Ring of Honor? Oh, no. Should should we we throw Ring Ring of Honor Honor into the mix? Yeah. They got to do something because... I think they're the only organization that's gone stale like the last couple of weeks uh, or the last couple of months of the pandemic where they're not putting out any really good product. Um, at least NWA has done some stuff with, uh, you know, AEW and they're getting their stars exposure. Um, Impact, Impact's been putting out really good stuff, especially with uh, Don Callis in charge and, you know, the storylines being really, really good. Scott Damore. Um, and the talent that they've amassed. And then there's still a couple of free agents out there that I'm still waiting for them to land somewhere. But um, yeah, Ring of Honor's got to do something. And I think the best, unless they want to do with the deal, you know, do a deal with the devil, which is Vince McMahon, the other party they can do a deal with is AEW. I, gosh, it's just, uh, you know, as a wrestling fan, and I'm stuttering over myself because I just can't believe we're even having this conversation. It's so exciting that. So many people are willing to do what's best for the wrestling audience. And I think that's the best. That should be your main focus every single time you put something together. Yes, you obviously want to make money. That That's first and foremost. But you also want to do something that's best for the wrestling fans. Not something that you feel like is best. Give them what they want. And when you have these types of summits, as we are referring to them, I think that it it draws so many people in. So the New Japan people can obviously go ahead and see the AEW. AEW fans who might not have access to New Japan, uh, unless you have the Roku, which I will talk about that as well, which is a really cool feature. You don't see that. And the Ring of Honor with Sinclair Broadcasting, who purchased them from Kerry Silken, you know, not everybody necessarily gets that. And they're on weird times. And then NWA is only on YouTube, but yet it's not really advertised or promoted a whole lot. So if you were to work together and kind of share talent back and forth and people were able to have these fantasy matches and it would be a heightened sense of excitement between all promotions, everyone would make money on house shows, everyone would do well and on pay-per-views, your buy rates I think are going to go up tremendously if you if they continue to work together. Well, look what AEW did with the whole WWE had the pieces of the Bullet Club. They had AJ Styles, they had uh, Gallows and Anderson, um, and they had somebody else. I forget who they had, but they had oh, they got freaking Prince Devitt. They had four pieces in their own in their own playground to do to do the Bullet Club. Instead, because they couldn't buy the rights to Bullet Club from New Japan because they weren't going to sell it or whoever owns it, I'm not sure. They renamed it the the OG. 
Yeah. That was kind of a, oh, but they didn't even do the, great, call them whatever you want, but put those pieces of that neat little toy together, together. and let's see, let's see this wrestling Voltron that we all want to see in a WWE ring. And they never did it. They kind of, they, they tee, no, we don't want to do it. No, it was somebody else's idea. Don't want to do it. Don't, AEW, as soon is. as they got the pieces, as soon as they got it, you saw it come together. And it was like, and every wrestling fan that was watching was just like, oh, look at that. I got a chubby. Ooh. And it was it was cool. And yes, they're giving us exactly what we want. They're they're giving yes. it, you know, we're getting Kenny Omega. We're getting the cleaner. The cleaner's coming back. Um freaking Gallows and Anderson look freaking awesome. Uh, and then they brought Kent over, and now I'm wondering who else is gonna come because they have access to all those guys. They have friendships and relationships and Frankly, those guys want to make money. So here's a chance for them to make money and do something fun. And and think about this for people who might not be super familiar with New Japan Pro Wrestling, the Golden Lovers, which was an amazing storyline. I would say oh. that rivals that storyline. You know, a lot of people say the Macho Hogan WrestleMania 5 storyline was probably the greatest storyline buildup over the course of a year. But if you are not familiar with the buildup of the Golden Lovers, that was an amazing piece of art that now can happen again. And so many different things that we never thought of uh, could happen, could happen in AEW ring or could happen back in a new Japan ring. Um, Tongaloa and um, um, I'm Jay trying White. to think here have been tweeting about bullet club and have been tweeting about the bucks. And it's like, Oh, Oh, we're starting to see a little flirting going back and forth, re- recognizing the whole too sweet thing. And where, where is that going to potentially lead? So there's so, there's so many things. It's almost like you went to orange leaf. If anyone's familiar with orange leaf and you got your little cup, right. And you fill it up with the yogurt. And then you see this huge snack bar with sprinkles and jimmies. And I think that's the same thing and different types of crushed up uh, candy bars and whatnot. And it's like, you can have whatever you want and it's it's so interesting. Um, uh, we're gonna throw up another one here. So, uh, Metal Maniac three four eight six said, uh, Tom Matanga on his own podcast, and he was talking how much so much trash on Omega using the Bullet Club name. That's just to build things up, my friend. I guarantee you, if you saw the Bullet Club as it is right now, invade. AEW and attack Gallows and Anderson and the Young Bucks and whatnot, you would blow your wad. I mean, I I think that it would be so unbelievable that we couldn't even fathom that. I mean, how many people does the uh, Tokyo Dome seat? I want to say. I want to say it's like oh, is it forty some odd thousand or more than that? It's more than that, I think. Okay. Jersey Devil. Jersey Devil, do your thing. Somebody give us a, a seating capacity for the Tokyo Dome. That in itself, because, and now think about from this perspective, WrestleMania decided to do, what, two nights now? Come on. Yeah. Night. Come on. Wrestle Kingdom has been doing that. Two-night type of deal. It's a double oh, yeah. spectacular. All right, Jersey Devil throws it up here. We, um, somewhere in the 60 to 70,000. Wow. There you go. Wow. Boog Boog comes in here right behind it and says, you know, I think it's about 57,000. Hey, regardless of what that is, 
that rivals a WrestleMania right then and there, right then and there. So I think that this can be done. This absolutely can be done. This should be done, and it will happen. Can you imagine the fan access to something like that? I would love to see all all in in the Tokyo Dome. It doesn't have to be in the States. It doesn't even have to be in the States. It would be so cool. I, 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 I don't care what time of day it's on. I will stay up. I will miss work the next day. I will buy it. Tony Khan. Tony Khan, I will tag you on this later. Do it. Do it. I'll back it. I definitely will back it. That would be a great idea. And I need an autograph of Thunder Rosa. If you make it happen. <laughs> Jerry. Jerry. I was just about to say, we might have to hit up uh, the phenomenal Jerry Lynn to see what he can do here for us. Um, yeah, I, I just I keep thinking about where this could go. And obviously, you don't want to rush something, but yet you don't want to necessarily hold back. Like we talked about before, when the timing is right, the timing is right. But in AEW, New Japan, Impact, and goodness knows that the Bucks have a relationship with Ring of Honor and Sinclair Broadcasting. They could seriously use that uh, exposure to join into this absolutely mega worldwide event that um, There are so many guys... There are so many guys that have relationships. Rocky Romero used to be a, a manager, um, office personnel over there in New Japan, who is tight with the Young Bucks, who is tight with Gallows and Anderson, who is tight with who is, and they're all connected. I mean, all these pieces are like right there, and it's like it just took this long to get them all in different places, and they can all move their pieces together, and it's so cool to watch. Um, the only guy that doesn't have a a relationship who is still benefiting is, is whatchamacallit from NWA. Who's the, uh, smashing pumpkins singer there. Oh, 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 that yes. Poor fool. Yes. But wasn't he with impact as well? Didn't he like purchase yeah. impact and then had to sell it back or something? Um, he got played. He put money into impact, thought he owned it and then didn't own it. Jersey devil. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that poor kid got played. Wow. Billy Corgan, awesome. Jersey Devil, you are the man. I tell you what, if we ever have a trivia night, I'm I'm putting my money on Jersey Devil. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm curious. I'm curious to see where things are going to go. I do want to ask you this question. This is kind of a uh, topic 3.5. Let's talk about AEW for a second here, and let's talk about the way they're booking things. I know we all like to play armchair quarterback, and we all like to say, well, I like the way they did this, but I would have did this differently. I remember when I was watching recently on a Dynamite episode, I was getting the feeling that they needed to break up the inner circle. And now that I've seen that Sammy Guevara is now officially out, this storyline is incredibly fascinating to me. What's your take on Sammy Guevara? What's your take on him as an individual? And do you think that we're going to see a lot more big, exciting matches come from the breaking up of this group? Are they going to break up the whole group? Because I don't want to see the whole group break up. I, I don't mind seeing a piece like Sammy Guevara break off and go face. I mean, I think that's really cool. Um, Sammy Guevara has is uber talented. He's great on the mic. He's very charismatic. Got a great look. Kid can work. Um, I remember him from Lucha Underground, so I've known about him for a couple of years now. Um, and he was kid was smooth back then. There's another WWE former talent that I don't know what they didn't see in him because I saw it back then and I see it now. The kid's good. Um, I hope they keep the inner circle together, kind of like the Four Horsemen, 
where it's kind of like, hey, there's always been those three main guys, and then they, you know, put this guy in there, and then it doesn't work out, and it goes away, and it, you know, put this guy in there, and then it goes away. So that would be really cool. Um, I'm glad he was get, able to get over his demons um, from his past, and hopefully something good comes out of it because he's a he's a good talent. He's a really good talent. Yeah, the, the the way they have placed MJF in the situation, he is so good at being a heel. <gasps> and this whole manipulation that he's doing right now with the inner circle and trying to slide in there. And, you know, he kind of moves Sammy out from the sex gods. And now it's it's MJF and Jericho and, and Wardlow and how they all didn't like uh, MJF in the beginning. And then all of a sudden you started to see everybody come more MJF's way. It's this. It's this maniacal mastermind manipulative way. It's a very J.R. Ewing thing. And I keep using older references, and I hope and I pray to God that people can understand and appreciate that. And if you can't, you need to watch a little Dallas. But um, but do you see my point there? That storytelling is beautiful because it keeps everybody MJF. guessing what's going to happen. MJF is an old school heel. He is the best heel, I think. I, I'm trying to think of all the different organizations right now. MJF is the best heel I've ever seen. Like in the last 10 years, I don't think there's anyone, any been anyone near as evil as hated. You cheer to hate the guy. He is like Roddy, Roddy Piper hot. I mean, he's good. Um, I saw him at an indie show three years ago. The dude was in character from the time he enters the curtain to the time he exits the curtain. And even when he's, when he's interacting with the fans, he's evil. He, he plays everybody and he enjoys it. He is like on the whole freaking time. Even when he's supposed to be selling shirts, he's putting you down. He's calling you names. He's just looking down his nose and he's just poking. He's poking everybody. I'm like, aren't you trying to sell a shirt? Because right now I don't want to give you my money. I'm like, but you're awesome to listen to. Holy crap. The guy's good. I mean, even when uh, Brody, Brody Jr. He's caught in a freaking promo on Brody Jr. Yeah. Holy crap. The guy's father just passed away. And it's like, nope, open season. Here we go. I know. Kid with cancer and at ringside, shaven head, just got out of chemo. Open season. Here he goes. And he starts poking, poking, poking. The guy is good. I mean, who's the best heel in WWE right now? Because I don't think they have one. I really Dude. don't think there is one. Is it supposed to be the fiend? Because the fiend well, I... is supposed to be evil. He's supposed to be a serial murderer. And he's he's a face. And he died. And, and, and yes. I, this is this is the part that confuses me. I literally watched the man burn to death. Now, I, I know a lot of times people can say, well, it's all the way you interpreted it. No, I saw him literally on fire in the ring. And he died. Uh, so unless he is somehow made of the DNA of the Undertaker, I'm not quite sure. But I would guess that he would be the biggest heel they've got. I mean, but everybody seems to be a tweener. And we've talked about those phrases before in wrestling, a tweener, meaning eh, half the time they're good, half the time they're bad. But no, no, no one really stands out to me as a downright rotten, nasty, dirty. And, and Anton is throwing something here up in the chat and he's talking about, you know, Roman Reigns is doing the Austin thing. Let me ask you this question in response to Anton. Do you think Roman is, is it genuine coming across? Do you feel like he has that same appeal as far as being a heel that Austin or someone else has? Or do you think eh, he's been too much of a good guy for too long? 
I think he's finally found his footing with trying to get heat with the crowd. Um, I think all the other times it seemed forced. And then when they tried to turn him face, it, it just seemed forced. Heyman, Heyman, yeah, you're right. Ritz, Ritz, right. Putting Heyman behind him automatically gave him such freaking heat. It was so good. Yeah. Um, Romans has that arrogant look to him and it just kind of angers people. And I think that's, that's the tone he can go with if, if that gets him heat, but I don't think anyone comes as near as MJF. MJF is just the standard. I can't think of anybody else. MJF is very much a throwback to the eighties. And if we all remember the eighties was a really good time for wrestling. Now, now here's the thing. A lot of people will end up arguing and saying, no, it was very hokey back then. Yes, there were some aspects that were hokey, but for the love of goodness, have you watched half the crap today and you don't think that's hokey? Putting a jungle gym inside the ring, you know, it, it's too much. I think AEW definitely has that old school feel. If you look at the Butcher and the Blade, they <gasps> very much have an old school feel. And I love that tag team. I love the way they look. Um, who's the guy who looks like the ultimate warrior slash... Uh, Terry Gordy, um, he, he's he's kind of got that. Oh, isn't look that a? That's Whipwreck's um, boy, um, Warhorse. Not Warhorse, not Warhorse. Um, oh God, what is his name? He almost looks like Steve Doctor Death Williams. He just recently joined. I want to say the Nightmare Academy. Real big, burly looking oh, guy. Yeah, I didn't know who he was though. I don't know I who know he is, but about. I like the look of that guy. There's certain people that I'm just very drawn to. And I feel like we're going back circa late 80s, early 90s with just the physical look. Everybody's a little bit different. Because with WWE, the one thing we've talked about is they all kind of look the same. The same. They're all It's all those male models, GQ. Right, exactly. All tanned, got perfect haircuts. Um, Yeah, not really really feeling. I mean, God bless Kevin Kevin Steen. Steen. Damn it, the guy can work. He yes. looks like me without the beard. And <laughs> damn. I mean, he, he's got the belly. He looks like a bowling ball, and he, he just works. But he, he doesn't look like every single GQ model that WWE rolls out there. Yes. Uh, Anton says it's Nick Camarato. Yes, absolutely. Have you seen Nick Camarato, Fish? No, I have. I think I, I know who you're referring to because I think he was in the ring. Um, at some point last week. Okay. Cause wasn't the, uh, who's the, the bears, the, who's the bears tag team that AEW's just rolled out. Um, the mountain bears, the man bears. <laughs> I know the it's mountain- sounding gay every time I say it. <laughs> the mountain bears. Are they something are they, okay. bears? Something. Ba- oh, hold on a second. Let me see some. You're, you're, Jerry you're hundred percent sure it's the bears. A E W. I'm typing it now. Tag Grizzly team. men. Uh, Grizzly bears. God, this makes me sound really stupid because as a wrestling fan, I should know. Is it is it country bear? Yes. No. Yes. Is it? Yeah. Country bears. Okay. Is there it? we go. I. That seems like it's a. Wasn't there a country bears part of Disney? Jamboree. Yeah, the jamboree. jamboree. <laughs> Did you have you been to Disney and saw that? Did you okay? Here's what I'm gonna tell you. I saw that crap in the early 90s. And let me tell you something right now. That was a little creepy. That was a little creepy because I used to go to um 
Showbiz Pizza. Do you remember yep. Showbiz Pizza with the animatronics? That put me in therapy when I was 14, man. I'm telling you right now, animatronics with animals, I don't do. I, 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 it's instant nightmares for me. I went, when I was a kid, I used to hang out there because they had an arcade. I didn't go there for the pizza. No one went there for the freaking pizza because holy crap, the pizza. <laughs> yes. But you went there for the arcade. I went there for the arcade because that's where all the video games were because I was a poor white boy. And I thought, I'm like, oh, the, the animatronics are really, really cool. They sing, they blah, blah, blah. And, and I recently went down a YouTube rabbit hole and I saw the animatronics. And I'm like, how the Merry Christmas did I think this was good at all? This is the creepiest shit I've ever seen. It was like <laughs> Nightmare at Freddy's place. It was awful. I was yes. waiting for someone's head to spin around. And all of a sudden, you know, the rat's got a knife. And, you know, I this know. head becomes off. And it's, yeah, it's awful. Freaking awful. Uh, the team, just to let you know, it is it's it is bear country, and I tell you what, love them, love them, hey. I love it. Oh, Here, I thought God. I was having some kind of weird fever dream. I'm like, there was bears. I know there's bears. It's big grizzly guys, and grizzly I'm like, bears. No. It's yeah. It, I, I'm sounding gay every time I say it. I'm like, no, it's, but it, it really <laughs> happened. <laughs> bear country. I can't wait to see them. Let me ask you this: when it comes to uh, to tag Beaver team wrestling, boys. thank you, Anthony. Hide my dick. Beaver boys. Beaver. <laughs> what tag teams, regardless if it's WWE or AEW, who do you like right now? Who do you enjoy watching? Because I'm a big tag team guy. I've always been a big Heart Foundation guy. I always liked Demolition. I've always liked the Road Warriors. Um, there are iconic tag teams that are just so much fun. Um, Bobby Eaton and Dennis Condry. I really liked watching them. You know, the Fabulous Freebirds, the Von Erics, you name it. I love tag team wrestling. Who today stands out to you as a team that, wow, we haven't seen people like this in a long time? I love the hybrid, too, only because I also like the Motor City Machine Guns, uh, yes. both similar tag teams, and they can freaking work. I love watching those guys go. Um, you got to love the Lucha Brothers. I got to see them live at an indie show in a fire hall. Um, I paid 20 bucks for a ticket, and that was like worth admission. I, I couldn't believe it was that cheap. Um, and I got to see Ray Phoenix and Pentagon. Um, nice i love those guys that could do your boy i i know you're waiting for me to drop the name i i know you're like waiting you've been waiting this whole like hour who's your boy kenny who's everyone's no 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 not kenny no. my boy everyone's favorite underdog mikey no okay hungy. hold on marco hungy, hungy. Johnny Hungy. Oh, 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 Johnny Hungy. Yeah. Nice. Him and his, him and his boy there from, uh, from, uh, which I'm gonna call it the, the tag Alex team Reynolds? Got going. Yes. Yeah. They do some fantastic tag team they wrestling. So they're, their good. moves they're so good. are smooth. Yes. Where I'm like, I've actually, I'm watching it on YouTube. And I'd stop the match, and then I'd rewind it. Then I'd stop the match. How the hell did they do that one? Let me rewind that. Holy crap, I got to see that again, and I'd rewind it. I spent like an hour just watching their 10-minute match. Because it's so freaking smooth and tight and quick, and you're like, I missed something, and I want to watch that again. And then I'll get one of the girls down here. Look at this. Watch how they drop this guy in his head. It's awesome. And great tag team wrestling. Can we interview him? We have an in over there, don't we? We do have an in, and I tell you what, I need to start using my ins a little bit more. I've been very polite, but uh, you know what? You Did you see our Jay Lethal episode? I loved your Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal is absolutely hilarious. 
does that guy not seem to be someone you want to go and get a burger with and just friggin' hang out all day? Are we going to cut the he burgers just, in half before we eat them? We're going to talk about that, but right now we're going to step out for a I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. shirt too sexy for my shirt so sexy it hurts and I'm too sexy for Milan too sexy for Milan New York and Japan Take it. and I'm too sexy for your party too sexy for your party no way I am disco dancing I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the catwalk, yeah, on the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah, I do my little turn on the catwalk. for my hat, too sexy for my hat, what do you think about that, Hogan? I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the catwalk, yeah on the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah, I do my little We are back to start our number two. I feel like Tony Schiavone oh, of Front Row Material. We thank you for joining us on this edition. Joining me this week is the River Fish, and you can catch him on one of his many podcasts. And uh, Fish, tell them where they can find you in your other shows. You can find me from my main show that I have a co-host with. Uh, a Guys, if you like hot Puerto Rican women, I have one as my co-host over on Room 13, Mojo50.com. We are everywhere where podcasts can be found. 
Apple, uh, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. We are everywhere, but most notably over on mojo50.com. You can find us over there, iHeartRadio. You can find my other show if you need some inspiration, a little kick in the ass, or you want to chuckle to hear me yelling and screaming at myself over at Motivation U. And that is also wherever podcasts are found and caught. I am everywhere. I also do spot shows on Liberty Lighthouse, uh, where I do five to 10 minute musings um, to. Mm. amuse the listeners and the host also found on mojo50.com that is tremendous guys please follow him follow him on social media as well he's going to be a reoccurring partner of mine here during this um this this transitional period uh if you remember we talked about this earlier at the top of the show it's it's been kind of a a crazy last 48 hours in the front row material family mikey and jerry have uh, put a statement out saying that they are going to take a sabbatical uh, there are some things that need to be taken care of, and um, we support them 100%, and we love them. And whenever they come back, is uh, they're more than more than excited to come back whenever the timing is right. Now, you know, Fish, I was thinking about this when, when I'm trying to put all of this together in my head of how we're going to go on with different things and make things entertaining. Do you feel like we're Corey and Vance? And tell me if you understand that inside joke. Are we Corey and Vance, Duke? I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> I so, have no idea who you're talking about. So, so for all of you who who aren't born, I uh, know, uh, within the last 25 years, The Dukes of Hazard was one of my favorite shows growing up as a kid. And oh, for crap's sake! That's who you're so talking about. Bo and Luke uh, went on hiatus because of contract issues, so they were gone. So, oh. what Warner Brothers and CBS did was they brought in. The cousins of the Duke boys, they looked just like Bo and Luke, but they called them Corey and Vance. And it was so um, stupid. It, it was well, awful. It, and then it, ratings started to drop, and then they finally got the uh, they finally got the the main eventers back in here, and it was like, uh, here we go. Yes, uh, they were the Dollar General Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> I love that yes. news. Well played. He's right. Well played. Very, very You know, good. Warner Brothers, if they wanted to save the show while they went on hiatus, they should have gotten Daisy Duke and Maisie yes. Duke, and they could have had an all-girl, and I would have watched that crap all the time, and their little Daisy Dukes and the General Lee, and you could have painted it pink all you wanted to, and that would have been a show. I would have been, I would have been so happy. Why didn't they book her harder? Why didn't they push her character harder? Like, they I don't understand the concept. Uh, Let's yeah, go back on your phraseology. We need a yeah. bell. <laughs> Well, but why why didn't they book her better? I mean, they 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 put her in those shorts. She worked at a bar, right? And her mm-hmm. love interest was Enos. Which meant all guys like us had a chance. It was great. I'm so like, it, look at that goofball. I can I can I can definitely get with that. It gave me a chance. You could you could get with Catherine Bach. Anything's possible. Mm. I do it now. I think she's dead now. No, she's not. She's still alive. Is she still hot? I, to, to what extent? I, there, there's varying degrees of hotness at this point in time. I if mean, I she close was, my eyes and squint hard enough, will she still resemble what I remember? Absolutely, she will. Then we're on. I know Marianne, Marianne died. Marianne did. Marianne passed away. Um, I don't know if that was related to something else or was it COVID-related. Larry King passed away. And uh, I did find out that that was uh, COVID-related as well. So uh, not to make sure. 
I know. I don't even know why I did that. Once again, why that's why you're listening to FRM. It's a shit show, okay, guys? This show's brought to you by ADD. We went from wrestling to uh, to wanting to have dirty dreams about old uh, TV stars from 40 years ago. That's what we you from, get when you come here. I saw the line going. I'm like, Daisy Duke, here we go, going down the line. Oh, Marianne, uh, to go down the line. Maybe he'll go to Ginger. Nope, he went to Larry King. Why the hell did you go there? Larry what? King. Oh, Big da- Big Daddy Beardo is jumping in the Dukes of Hazard conversation. He's like, "Hey, Uncle Jesse and Cooter, now, let let let's okay. We're we're going we're gonna go <laughs> down this dirt road too. Cooter, Cooter, really? You could not give this man a better nickname than Cooter. From the same, I'm sure not everybody was thinking dirty. Oh I no, know. I was. I mean, Cooter. <laughs> It, I, I I don't know. I don't know if it's a Georgia thing. I, I lived in Georgia for about a year, not far from Hazard County. And um, I never ran into a cooter. I, I never no. ran into a cooter. I wouldn't want to run into a cooter either. I mean, I think that might be a problem. I mean, that, um, that clears up some penicillin. I mean, I wouldn't worry about it if you get cooters. Got to make sure you have a refill on that prescription. That shit don't go way too fast. Uh, yeah, so, so, so the point I was trying to make is we're Corey and Vance. And we're going to do our best, man. We are going to do our best. I t- see, and I, t- I told you this on the phone the other day. You're the professional here. You, I'm going to have to do it. You're a professional. Watch where you throw that word around. <laughs> you got three different shows, man. You're a, you're a big deal. No one has ever paid me for my crap. Not yet. No one pays me. You're a professional, sh- too. I've been doing four. I did four different shows. I did two shows in the UK. I did a show with David Penzer, and now I've done this show. And I tell you what, haven't earned a dime. By the way, if you get a chance, go to Pro Wrestling Tees. Go go get yourself a T-shirt. Sorry, this is kind of whatever. Wear the shirt. It's 62 in my house, so I have a hoodie on because it's cold. So anyway. We can tell. We can tell. It's a little, yeah, it's a little obvious. A little nipply. Oh my god! So wait, so, wait, wait, wait. So no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. If we're if we're the replacement Duke boys, yes. Do I get to be Jerry? I want to be the body guy. You can be Jerry. Yeah. I want to be the. You, I want to be the body guy. You can be. Yes. I have no problem with that. I would assume underneath that clothing that you have a better body than I do. Mm, no, I've gained ten pounds since uh, the, due to the surgery. So I. Uh, I'll, I'll chisel back up as soon as I get released. I gained 10 pounds from lunch. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I'll chisel back up. I've, I've never chiseled to begin with. So I was watching a, a commercial and I'm starting to really believe this. It says if you have, if your waistline is over 40, you might be insulin deficient. So you're a health nutrition man what uh what do you know what insulin deficient is and do you think that's my issue insulin deficient would your be your body not producing enough insulin to break down the food that you're taking in wouldn't it i you know what i don't know but you're you know you're kind of a healthy guy i'm not a doctor i've played doctor but i'm not a doctor (laughs) that's how four kids um four kids i know of i was popular in college um (laughs) Jeez. I didn't dorm in college, but I spent a lot of nights there. Uh, hey, yo. What was the question again? 
Yeah, insulin deficient. I I I don't know. I I don't know. I, I you're a taller man than I. I know you're taller than I am. Now I need a beer. We're never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the podcasting world since the day they came on. Until we get canceled. We've been worried about getting canceled for years. I'm telling you right now, if we haven't gotten canceled yet, nothing's going to happen. At the end of the day, there's going to be cockroaches, impact wrestling, and this show. And that's what I firmly, firmly believe. I'm just wondering how many viewers we actually have right now. We got 13 people up in this. We got 13 people up in this bad boy. I'd be watching right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm here now, so... You are here. I think my partner's actually watching right now. Rocky's Raquel is watching. Raquel? Raquel, so t- my Puerto Rican podcast wife. Nice. So so we're gonna get back into wrestling here, but tell me a little about Raquel. And uh you guys are partners as well. So tell me a little about how you met up with her and how Room 13 became a thing. Uh, Raquel, we met on, she had another podcast, um, also on mojo50.com. We became friends on Twitter and, um, I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, what's the word? I'm a, I'm a jackass on Twitter. I like making, I I make, I make fun of people and make fun of things. I'm kind of, uh, um, a jerk. And, uh, she thought I was funny. And when mojo50.com ran a contest to, uh, to anyone that wanted to make a show and get on their network uh we both put our hats in the ring and uh it without any practice it kind of was just like a natural fit where it's like oh shit we have chemistry damn this is actually that's not funny but it's entertaining that's not entertaining either oh they need time they need warm bodies to fill the space that's how we got in so we're in we're in we're two warm bodies. We can talk and fill up air and talk about absolutely nothing. We're basically the Seinfeld of podcasting. We have a show about absolutely nothing. We're not funny, though. But, you know, <laughs> there's that. Well, I find the show to be incredibly entertaining. I really, really enjoy it. And where can people find Room 13 Podcast? And what days does it drop? We drop every, if you want to listen to us live, we drop Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Mojo50.com, or you can tune in on iHeartRadio. Other than that, go check it out on Mojo50.com, where we have a collection of different uh, shows, depending on what your interests are, uh, political bents, and blah, blah, blah. We don't do politics. We don't do COVID either. We are basically blah, blah, blah about nothing and light news and funny shit that happens usually to me. So that's, 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 that's that, uh, you've heard the show. It basically dumb shit happens to me and we talk about it and we make fun of it. We do. And, uh, I remember re-listening to an episode where you turned around and a man's pants and boxers were at his ankles. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I never want to be that close to a naked man ever, ever again. It was bad never. enough of, of what I was subjected to in the hospital where I had the choice between, Hey, Mr. Fish, we're going to take your catheter out. I'm like, oh, good, because I don't know how it got in there. Thank God they did it. Yeah, they did it to me while I was under, when I was out, which is good, because I didn't want to have any memory of it going in. That that was. Are they allowed going- to do that without your consultation beforehand? Is that part of the waivers I, you sign? You can I signed touch a my bunch of shit. I, I, I don't know what happened. I hope it was the cute nurse. I really hope it was the cute nurse. But <laughs> no, no, never mind. I'm Irish. 
I don't want that woman thinking of me that way ever again. So no, okay, <laughs> I hope it wasn't the cute nurse. So <laughs> the catheter went in, which is which, and I was out, so I didn't know about it. I woke up and I looked down. I'm like, oh my god, there's something in my pee pee. So two days later, they're like, hey, you know, Mr. Fish, we're going to take the catheter out. I'm like, God bless you. I'm like, how does this work? They're like, well, it doesn't hurt. I'm like, well, that's good. I'm like, I'm glad to hear that. If you don't know what a catheter (laughs) is, it's a long tube that goes up your pee-pee, depending on how blessed you are. It could be a long way into your bladder. (laughs) So I'm Irish, so it's only one inch. So I have the Irish (laughs) curse. It's awful. It's awful. It's just I'm three quarters Jewish, so I know the feeling. Oh, see, there you go. I just, you know, so the, the nurse comes in and they're like, Hey, we're going to take it out. I'm like, okay, good. I'm like, are you gonna put me under? Like, no, I'm like, I'm going to be awake for this shit. They're like, yes. And I'm like, okay, we, we have to have some talks about how this goes. Like, okay, it doesn't hurt. I'm like, great. I'm glad to hear this. I'm like, no pain, no ouch. (laughs) They're like, so what happens? And he, 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 do you remember? Oh, what the hell was the guy? What was the bodyguard for uh, Shawn Michaels back in the day? Not diesel, but the big black guy. Sid? No, the big black guy that was the the yeah, the... Mister Mister G, Mister Oh Mister Hughes. Okay, picture Mister Hughes. That was my nurse. The dude blotted out the sun with his shoulders. He was like, the, he just plays linebacker for the Detroit Lions. Big guy, sweet as hell. Devon, if you're listening, you're a nice guy. So he tells me <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna slowly take it out. And it doesn't hurt a bit. It just feels awkward. I'm like, you're going to take it out. He's like, yes. I'm like, do I have any other options? He's like, why? I'm like, I don't want to be conscious of another man touching my penis. I'm like, do we have any other options? He's like, what's a Kimmy? And he brought Kimmy in. Kimmy was five foot four. Okay. Beautiful ebony skin, glasses, 24 years old. I'm like, I pick Kimmy. So this Kimmy did work. it. Devon's. Yeah, Devon is just like, well, why not me? And I'm like, well, here's the trade-off. I'm like, either I have the image of a big black man touching my penis, or there's a possibility that I get aroused by my nurse touching it, in which case maybe it'll be somewhat pleasurable. Spoiler alert, it wasn't pleasurable. No. It hurt and burned more than that weekend in Tijuana I've been trying to figure for, forget for 20 years. It is the Jeez. most. And do you remember that car we got as a kid? where you put the plastic string in it, you pull it back and then let the car you go. Pull it. Yes. That's what she did. She's like, and she's like, okay, Mr. Fish, ready? One, two. She never got to three. She didn't get to three. She went one, two, and I was I was getting ready to brace myself, and then she ripped that thing out. And mm-hmm. I screamed, baloney fudge and mustard. And what? she's like, sir, did that hurt? I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. And I'm looking at the bottom of the tube. At this point, I'm looking at the bottom of the tube. She's like, what are you looking for, sir? I'm like, I'm making sure I'm not attached still to that piece of tube. I'm like, is it still attached to me? Because I'm married and my wife would miss it. And she's like, oh, no, it's still there. And I'm like, does it still work? And she's like, you'll find out later. And I'm like, oh, remember that scene from Princess Bride where they hook up Carrie Elways to the machine? Yes. And they ask him for posterity's sake. How did yes. it feel? Uh-huh. That was me on the bed. I was just like, <laughs> oh, no. That was a long story because I forgot what the question was. Huh. I Damn. think okay, it, cool. it, it was about it was about a man and his penis. And then uh, on your show and then you talked about how you recently had a penis experience. And then that kind of led into mm. that. 
Yeah, yeah. So we do. I stories appreciate like that. it though. It's how are you feeling now? Are you feeling better with that? Or on a nice note, the equipment still works. Uh, I was very That's happy good. to find out to find out that the last you know couple of days. Um, some slight pain, some slight discomfort, a little bit of bleeding, but other than that. I should be running in the next two weeks, back to lifting weights in the next two weeks. Diamond Dallas Page, if you're listening, I will be back to doing DDPY in the next two weeks. I miss your stuff, DDPY. There, I got it out. It's a good, it's it's a good program. I know a lot of people who do DDP yoga and they can vouch for it. Mikey has done DDP yoga. He has told me that it absolutely works, especially when you have a lot of ailments and injuries from the wrestling business. It is very low impact. You use your own body weight, and it's a kind of a go at your own pace. A lot of the exercises can be modified. So I think at the end of the day, it's uh, it's a very, very good exercise that um, regiment that really can work for anybody. Oh, I dropped 40 pounds doing it. I healed my neck doing it because I dislocated a disc um, goofing around with one of my daughters which is another dumbass story. Um, yeah, I swear by it. I did it for four years up until I got diagnosed with the crap in my kidneys and I'll be back to it as soon as I get the doctor's blessing. You'll be, you'll we've be talked about it better I've, than ever. Yeah. I mean, I've, I talked to you about the DDP. I've talked to Mikey about the DDP, um, the DDP, why that is. Um, Cause anybody that I'd hear that's trying to have, you know, lose the weight and, the writ check out the cult of beardo thursdays at 9 p.m we re- recap this show oh shit they're gonna recap this shit <laughs> and push the next <laughs> guys i have not forgotten to, to push the cult of beardo it is also here on the uh for our material channel uh every single thursday night join beardo and the writ they talk about a lot of different things they're highly entertaining guys talk about wrestling talk about fun things talk about life Talk about and how to build chairs happens and how to break chairs as well. That Mm. had to have been one of the most enjoyable (laughs) moments I had ever seen. That was fantastic. And he, he literally had that shocked look on his face as if what, what just happened? I just felt bad for him. He's like, I was at three foot. Now I'm at two foot. What the hell just happened? (laughs) (laughs) My perspective just changed. And my wife's take on the whole thing was this. This tells you the type of person my wife is. She went, oh, my God, did he hit his head after he fell backwards? I hope he's okay. Like, you're a sweet, sweet woman, but uh, I think he's going to be okay. Um, Does your wife listen to this? Uh, Occasionally she does. I'm home alone tonight. I'm all by myself. So, Megan, when you unless she's watching, you you need to tweet and DM me. I want to know what magic trick magic trick that Mike did to score you as a wife. Mike, your wife is very attractive. How did you do that? Uh, you know what? I must've been the roofies. Yeah. I mean, that's all I can. I mean, gosh, that's, that sounds terrible. I shouldn't be promoting stuff like that. I don't even know if anybody in this room is old enough to know what a roofie is, but I, uh, no, here's the, here's the, here's how I scored my wife. Okay. Here's how I, guys, she's it. hot guys. She's hot. I've she, seen wife. She's a wife is hot. She's a, she's a wonderful person. She's a school teacher. Um, I was managing people's retirement accounts. Um, I wish I looked like her. I don't. I look. I look terrible. Um, but yeah, she was a school teacher. I was managing people's portfolios. Um, I know stocks, bonds, mutual funds, all that kind of stuff. Uh, IRAs, you name it. I have experience working with it. 
helping people retire, uh, planning the retirement date, how much money do they need to retire, the whole nine yards. I was a corporate America guy and um, decided I didn't want to do it. And uh, she kind of got me into education. She thought it would be a good fit for me. And this May, I'm graduating with my master's degree in, uh, in education, teaching physics, chemistry, science, and uh, language arts to middle school, high schoolers. So. Holy crap. Yeah. She said, I think you got a good personality for it. I had worked with kids before. I'd worked for the YMCA of Greater Cincinnati for almost 10 years. She said, why did you walk away from it? I think you'd be a good fit for this. Um, I said, what do I have to do? She said, I work in a preschool. How about you come and do preschool? I did preschool for four <laughs> years. I paid my dues. You know how wrestlers pay their dues? I paid my dues. I've been thrown up on, peed on, pooped on. I've changed diapers, wiped asses. I've wiped tears, had boogers flung on me. I've also taught kids how to write, how to hold a pencil, how to feel good about themselves and have a hell of a lot of fun outside. And at the end of the day, those kids taught me more about life than I think I taught them. But um, wonderful woman, glad that I had met her. And uh, she was the one who encouraged me to go to grad school. And she was the one who said, I think this is what's best for you. There you go. So wait, how long you guys been together? How long you guys been together now? Uh, we've been together since 2012. So the whole preschool experience, was that when you guys were dating or is that when you all were married? We were already married. Um, yeah. So we dated, okay. I, yeah. And she said, Hey, how about you do preschool? And I said, that's fine. Uh, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but when I say you pay your dues doing preschool, um, it makes you appreciate when you walk into uh, a lab and you're able to conduct a science experiment and kids say, I'm confused. I don't understand what's going on. I can say to them, you know what? My preschoolers understand what I was saying to them. You should be able to understand what I'm saying. So unbelievable. But yes, she is my better half. She's not here tonight. And uh, that's why I've kind of got the run of the house. And by the way, whoever made the comment about the shitty homeless man blanket that's hanging up back here, let me tell you something right now. Okay. I tried to make this big broadcast important because I knew it was the first day of this new era. And you know what happened? A lot of crap happened. I hang this thing up. I'm ready to get my, my, uh, my, my blue screen, my green screen, whatever the hell you want to call it. And all of a sudden I had these red eyes. I looked like teen wolf. And so I Googled it and I said, why do I have red eyes? And then when I would shift, it was like the blue came through it and through my eyes. And they said people who wear glasses, evidently, when they do green screen or, or blue screen, and they have very strong prescription glasses or just the reflection, as you can see now, um, it's not good for that. So, yeah, that's all I got. So let me oh. see if I can try. Let's see if I can try this. You'll see this. It, it's it's a shit show. Let's see here. Um, can you see me now yet still? You see this? See, oh, I can see green. Okay, tell me if you can see. You see this? You see this? No? Let's see. Let me see this. Is that working or is it still green? See, doesn't work. Still I green. don't know what the deal is. 
fuck it. Who cares? Um, gosh, to a little sabbatical there from some wrestling stuff, but you know what? The Duke boys are going to get back at it. So let's go into our fourth topic. Is NXT still developmental? I have no idea what NXT really is anymore. I, I started liking it. I loved it because Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Johnny Wrestling were there, and they were developing such good storylines and such good characters. I loved, uh, oh, who's the vampire? Who's the vampire? Uh, oh, 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 God. Uh, you know Black. what? Damn it. Blackout. Alex, Alistair Black. Loved him. His yes. entrance is freaking off the hook. Back in NXT, if you haven't seen it, he rises from the mist from a horizontal position and then comes up vertical, kind of like, yes. oh, can I do that joke? Eh, I've already done it. And yeah. um, they just they were telling some great stories, and it's it's grungy. It's that old WCW kind of look. It's a very indie kind of look. There's no glitz or glamour. It's just straight up wrestling. It was just straight up wrestling. And then these guys. You know, they look like they're all packed together. They look like you got a rocket to them. They're going to go to the main roster, and I don't know what the frick happens. I, I, I just don't know, and I just don't know why they – I don't know what NXT's purpose is. Is it a collection spot? Kind of like you surmised earlier. Is it a collection spot for Vince to put all the toys he collects from the indies so that no one else can play with them? Hey, I can't use them at Raw or SmackDown, but I'll put them over here in NXT, and I'll, I'll pay them, and they can do whatever they want. And if they're successful, yeah. And if they're not, okay. And if we get one or two out of them, okay, great investment. But I, I just, I don't know what NXT's purpose is anymore because it seems like whatever they build there, they don't keep going. They end up tinkering with it and changing it and altering it, and then it freaking falls. Yeah, NXT. For me, I enjoyed it, I would say, about two years ago when I felt like it was in maybe maybe a year and a half uh, a year ago uh, when what we, it was really good. And then when they started to make changes to it, and if you remember, they bought, brought Ciampa and they brought Johnny Gorgano up to Raw, and that shit the bed. It just did yeah. not work. And I was like, oh, okay. And so they brought them back down. And it seemed like every time they brought somebody up, when they brought up uh, Mojo Rawley, I was not a fan of that whole concept. I thought Mojo was was great down in NXT. Leave him there. Some people will argue that, um, oh my gosh, the current Intercontinental Champion, Redbeard. Is his name oh. Sammy? Uh, why why am about- I... He's Canadian. Oh, he He's got the generico. red beard. Yeah, El Generico, right? Is that what we're talking about? No, uh, Sammy Zayn is what I'm talking about. Sammy Zayn. Yeah. Used to be El Generico. Oh, yes, yeah, correct. I'm sorry. Yes, Sammy Zayn. I thought he was better in NXT than he is in the main roster. And people people were disagreeing with me saying, no, I think he's better on the main roster. He's become Intercontinental Champion. He's had this and that. No, Sammy Zayn was meant to stay in NXT. And I'm not saying that as a, as a slight... Um, because I never looked at NXT as a underling, you know, feeding or a feeder system. It was just another version of the company. And I loved yeah. NXT. And it seemed like every time they would move somebody up, they didn't know what to do with them. Not that they don't know what to do with the regular roster, much less these new guys. And I recently read an article from Dave Meltzer that some of the NXT guys have actually decided um, to put in their contracts when they were up for renewal that they are not to be brought up to either SmackDown or Raw. 
they do not wish to be brought up, that they would like Ooh. to stay with NXT. Yes, and evidently that is something that is happening now more so than anything is that the talent is speaking up saying, we do not want to go. We would prefer to stay here. That's why Champa and Gorgano and specifically, I want to say Adam Cole had mentioned that he does not wish to be anywhere other than NXT um, or he will not resign again. But I know he just recently resigned a new contract. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they agreed to allow him to stay in NXT. Um, See, now Adam Cole's another guy where if you're going to, if they're going to do the whole little moniker of, you know, knock off Shawn Michaels. Uh, and I love Adam Cole before I say yes. any further. He's still got, he's got that Shawn Michaels vibe. He's got that Shawn Michaels look, same moves, basically same moveset. Um, he's so charismatic though. I mean, I love watching that guy work. Yeah, no, I agree. His entrance is, his entrance is so cool. He does the whole little Adam Cole and the whole crowd says, baby, it's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Jersey Devil says that uh, they did the same thing with Bobby Roode. He's another example. No, I, oh. I agree 100% with you. Bobby, Bobby Roode's, Roode's entrance at NXT was freaking off the hook. And yes, the crowd it was. Sang along. It was so cool. And then he came to the main roster and it's like, oh, what the flip? No, oh. I know. Now, uh, uh, Shinsei. Shinsei Nakamura. I know. It's another one. I mean, go ahead. At the top of the show, you you had mentioned Ricochet, and, and we're going to circle back and, and mention him as well. But let go into to Shinsuke here because I feel like that was one of the biggest ones that just never lived up to the hype that or the potential that it had. I don't know if his entrance didn't translate to a bigger arena because when he came to NXT, when he came down the the whole crowd was into it. It was just this awesome thing to watch and the crowd got wrapped into it. And then it went to WWE and I'm like, I just, it just fizzled. It just didn't, it didn't pop. Um, I don't know if the crowd just didn't get into it or what the deal was, but it just didn't seem to hold the same flavor. Prince Devitt, I think has one of the best entrances ever going. Um, Finn Balor, where he does the different demon entrances, right? Um, and he's done a hundred different entrances. Um, I, I miss that character, and he's over at NXT now. Um, I wish he'd go back to kind of flirt with a demon and do some of those demon entrances now. Um, but he's another guy that I I don't know why he's at NXT. I I just don't understand. I he's he's top talent. Well, from what I understand, NXT, it was talked about, is not intended. Uh, I believe, I'm trying to remember who was giving an interview. It was Daniel Bryan was giving an interview recently, and he was addressing NXT and what it is compared to what it was when he was in NXT. Um, and what he said now is he does not see NXT as developmental. He sees it as a third brand. And the reason why he doesn't see it as developmental is because you're seeing a lot of influx of if you want to call them already established WWE stars that have gone down, such as Prince Devitt, AKA Finn Balor, or you see that edge has gone down there, or you see that there are some people who continue to get recycled and brought back down there. Now, with that being the case, if we are going into the conversation that it is not a developmental, it was also brought up uh, by Dave Meltzer and the wrestling observer that they do need to find a way to, 
have additional people give them the stage and the platform for them to cut their teeth. And it was being compared to WWE needing a AEW dark type of show. So instead of adding maybe a fourth show onto television, maybe having a YouTube type of channel where you could follow some of these individuals as they were going through a developmental stage. Like to ask you this question, what's your take on something like that? Do you feel like that would be a good route to go? Or do you think, no, let's kind of keep the flow of developmental and previously um, established stars in NXT? I think doing a, a WWE dark like AEW does. AEW, I think, is brilliant because a production cost uh, to do AEW dark is low. You don't have a channel. You don't. You don't have a, need a broadcast partner. You don't need a a TV provider to go uh, broadcast it. It's on YouTube, and YouTube is worldwide. So you're not broadcasting just to a national audience. It's going across the world. I don't know what their numbers are, but. YouTube is a lot is how a lot of people consume their media. It's either YouTube or now it's TikTok or a couple other online providers. So I think it's a little more forward thinking on AEW's part to, uh, you know, make use of a tool like YouTube to and and to give their wrestlers, their younger talent, the guys that aren't ready just for the for the main broadcast, a chance to still work, work in a ring, work in front of a crowd. That's that's what they need. I mean, especially when you can't tour tour, you know, a thing like AEW Dark has been great for those guys. Well, and that brings up another good point here because, you know, even when there wasn't the pandemic, um, I don't think house shows really were doing all that great. And I don't know if we're kind of past the era of house shows. Do you think at this point in time with the way social media works, YouTube on demand, and the fact that it costs a hell of a lot less to put out a production via that alternative than it is to go ahead and rent out a facility or rent out a building where, you know, WWE, even when they came to Cincinnati for house shows, they weren't drawing that many people. It, it, it may surprise people to know that they, they only drew maybe 1,000 people, maybe 1,500 so you're really not drawing a ton of people, and most of the stuff is tarped off as well. Do you think house shows are a thing of the past, or do you think we might still want to hold on to them to give the outside markets who might not get big pay-per-views still an opportunity to see the stars live? Without seeing the numbers? I mean, it's... <sighs> I think once everything gets back to normal, people are going to be clamoring for live events of any of any merit. Um, so I think you're going to see a big spike. If I was going to invest money, I'd invest money in WWE just for the for the house shows, um, for the money that they're going to make in providing a live um, something to go see. Um, those are going to be concerts are going to be huge. I mean, the market is going to be freaking off the hook. But I think once everything settles down, it, look, they they already live televise, you know, Raw and SmackDown and and a pay-per-view once a month, I just, I think you've oversaturated the market. So yeah, house shows might be a thing of a past unless you're going to do really, really small venues. Um, you're not going to be doing, uh, what's the big arena there in Cincinnati? Uh, well, it used to be the Coliseum, then it became uh, the Heritage Bank Arena. But yeah, U.S. Bank Arena is what it was called at one point. It's changed several names, but it has a capacity of about 15,000. And yeah. I can tell you from 
speaking from experience from going to a SmackDown, which immediately after SmackDown, they would tape 205 Live, and you would be there for about five hours, and you wouldn't get out till about one in the morning or so. Um, you're not getting a third of that. I mean, it is severely yeah, tarped off. When NXT was what is it Nexus was that the first yes, show that the they first were doing incarnation? Yeah. So when I took my son to the wrestling matches, they were doing Nexus right after, I think SmackDown or before SmackDown. It made for a four-hour event, and by the time it's the end long. of the show came, it's too long. I uh, I lost interest. He lost interest, and I'm just like, I paid for this. We're staying. We I paid for this. We're staying, and I'm <laughs> three hours into it. I'm like. Just, just tell me. Just throw a fit. I want to go. Just because if you don't throw a fit, I'm going to throw a fit. Because one of us says, "I got. We got to go. We got to go. This is ridiculous." It, it was just. A, it was awful. I can't. I can't stay conscious for that much for that long of wrestling. It's. It's not that interesting. Yeah, I think you're expecting a little bit too much from the audience themselves, and I think yeah, the the attention span for people, especially with wrestling, is after you've taken them so high for so many times you brought them back down and then you take them back up. So you can't do that for five hours. People are going to be tired. Plus people have to go to work the next day. These kids have to go to school the next morning. And if you're there like myself past 1 AM, you're just, you can't wait to get to your car to go home. Not that you don't love wrestling, but sometimes too much is a bad thing. So, so ooh, ooh, I get to turn the tables now. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Because we talked about that. I brought this up with you earlier this evening. We were texting back and forth. Did you notice AEW, their next pay-per-view, which is the first week of March, instead of being on a Saturday, which it's been throughout the first year of their existence, is now going to be on a Sunday? What'd you think? I thought that was interesting when you tweeted me or you texted me that. I thought that was very interesting. I wonder, I wonder the reasoning behind that. What is your thought on on that. I mean, I have an opinion, but I want to know what your what your take is on that. Do you think that it's is it a leverage move or do you think that they've just decided that they get a better deal from the pay-per-view distributor to move it to a Sunday because normally you you do a pay-per-view on a Sunday because you would then have a following televised network show on Monday which would be a carryover, but not necessarily this case with AEW because there is no show on Monday. Yeah, I don't know what they're testing out. I mean, to me, I wish WWE would move WrestleMania to Saturday because doing a, I don't know what WrestleMania is, what, six hours, seven hours, whatever. Um, doing it where the last, the, you know, it ends at midnight. Dude, right. I got to go to work the next day. I can't be up yep. until midnight watching wrestling when I got to be up at five in the morning to go to work. It's just, it's not going right. to happen. It's torturous. The Super Bowl, same thing. Dude, start it earlier. I have to go to work the next day or switch it to Saturday. You, yes. you could do the Super Bowl on Saturday. Make it a whole weekend event. Um, AEW, I hope they know what they're doing. They've known what they're doing thus far. Um, do they think because most people are home on Sundays, they'll get more viewers on Sundays? That could be it. Um, because they've been traditionally taught for the last 25 years of WWE that pay-per-views are on Sundays. That could be it. Um, for me, I'm a father of four and Hey, if I can stay up late and sleep in the next day without missing work, I appreciate a Saturday pay-per-view, but that's just me. Cause I don't have a social life past, you know, my kids. 
Well, I mean, even even with that being said, I don't think the average person is willing to stay up that late. I think you're also – more is not always best. I think sometimes less is more, and I think if you keep them wanting more, if you hit them hard and you get them for an hour, an hour and a half, maybe two hours, awesome. But I think when they started to extend these pay-per-views to three hours to four hours and they had the the, the pre-show and, and all of this other kind of stuff, it really started to water down the enjoyment of the product because by the time you got a third of the way through the mid-card, you were ready for the night to be over. You are already mentally exhausted. So by the time you get all the way down to the end of the show, you're just waiting for the damn thing to be over. Yeah, no, agreed. I'm 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 done. I mean, movies past what, two and a half hours? Mm, done. I'm done. Done. Yeah. So will WWE end up creating some type of version of AEW Dark for developmental talent? Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. YouTube seems to be a great platform for that. Um, but then again, WWE has a big issue with, you know, their their stars using social media platforms. Something recently came out. I don't know if you heard about this fish that um, they're cracking down on anyone making any additional money or there will be a three strike policy. The first one's going to be a verbal reprimand. The second one is going to be a fine. And the third one is going to be a suspension. And numbers have come out, people like Lana, and I want to say um, Mandy Rose also made $600,000 um, by tweeting about either certain restaurants or certain whatever, maybe taking a picture of themselves in front of a restaurant, and that has now been frowned upon because WWE says they own the intellectual properties of the likenesses and they do not have relationships or a business uh, relationship with these establishments. Therefore, those types of engagements are null and void. See, I could see putting a morality clause in it. So I don't want to see my wrestler doing, if I'm Vince McMahon, I don't want to see them endorsing Pornhub or something that would you know, cast an ill idea on my product. But if they're in front of a restaurant, who the flip cares? <laughs> at least people yes. are looking at my wrestler and they're outside that restaurant and they're looking at my wrestler and my wrestler. And, my, and that's all I want to see. I want them to see wrestler. I don't care where they're standing out in front of as long as it's something that's not going to cast a bad, you know, light on my product. So do a morality clause. I mean, you know, I, Jersey devil, February 27th, they would go head to head with a big. Canelo Alvarez boxing. Yeah. Oh, maybe so that's I, wonder, I wonder if that's the thing. And then obviously there's a follow-up here. Uh, the report decision to move the date from February 27th to March 7th came down to a variety of factors. The original would have seen AEW going head-to-head with the big po- boxing pay-per-view headlined by uh, Alvarez. Uh, the company may have wished to avoid this scheduling conflict. Awesome information by both Jersey Devil and Anton. Really appreciate you guys jumping in there and sharing that with us here. Um also, there's are a follow up to on this. Saturdays? I wonder with if most boxing? UFC fights are on Saturdays. That may be as well. A also was considered uh, following Saturday, March 6th for Revolution, but the date would cause the company to go up against UFC 259, a fight that currently features the championship fights. Uh, Amanda Nunez defending the women's championship against Megan Anderson. Wow. We have ourselves our own version of uh, 
of Dave Meltzer here. Awesome comments from you guys. Maybe that can shed a little bit of light into why that went into it. Now, Fish, you were mentioning this. Was this something that they said going forward they were going to be moving to Sundays, or was this something that was I just for? Noticed, I just noticed on dates where I'm like, oh, let's look at the pay-per-views coming up. Huh, that's kind of weird. I always thought I remember them on Sundays or on Saturdays, and I look back, I'm like, yeah. They were on Saturdays, and now it's on a Sunday. Kind of awkward. Okay, wonder why that why that happened. Well, obviously, and I think it makes a lot of sense too. You don't want to be challenging going up against, you know, another big event that's going to be happening that night if you want to get the maximum capacity for your audience. Uh, last thing yeah, I, I mean, want to share here. Don't. Oh, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> no, go ahead. The the last thing I want to bring up here with you uh, before we say our final goodbyes, the NXT salaries uh, had recently been released. Uh, Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer had gone over those, and it was very, very interesting. Uh, they both were talking about how most guys in NXT, uh, surprisingly enough, do not make a lot of money. They're not making, and this is a quote, two fifty dollars to $300,000 a year. Now, maybe a few people, maybe like a Finn Balor might be making a decent amount of money. Uh, but most of the guys are probably in the low 100,000s, maybe 130 to 150 if you're an Adam Cole. Now, most of them start out in NXT making between 50 and $60,000. And depending on if you were a former athlete, you may get a little bit more, but that is all you're getting in NXT. That's, Interesting. Um, yeah, because now that goes back to our original conversation about is NXT developmental. They're being paid like the minor leagues. Exactly. But we're supposed to think of them as another brand, but yet you're paying them like the minor freaking leagues. Right. So what are they? And I believe that the only thing WWE pays for is trans. I believe that is it. They do not pay for anything other than that. I believe they do pay for flights and whatnot. But I think cars and I have been told by a wrestler that even hotel stuff needs to be uh, taken care of by them. So when you think about that, uh, that definitely dips into your money making. So I mean, holy crap. If a guy's making 150, let's just go generally 150. You said low right. end. Their health insurance is what a year because astronomical. That's yeah, that's not cheap. And you are going to get injured. So sooner or later, you're going to start paying out of pocket. Right. I mean, that's and now you're still talking about, you know, your where you're living and motel. And I'm sure that could be written off. Yeah, I know. Blah, blah, blah. But still, I mean, you're. Man, that's tough. I mean, I, I hate to say a guy living $150,000 a year is tough. But when you add up all the costs, especially considering health insurance, um, that ain't cheap. So, no. and I go back to the original conversation then. Is NXT developmental? Numbers would suggest yes. Yeah, I wonder, I just, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. I know that there's some people who've recently come to NXT, and that is Taya Valkyrie. That kind of did surprise me. Um, oh, that hurts she me. Came, that hurts it, me. It, it does because you, you saw what Impact Wrestling is doing. You knew that she could have been a part of that big mix those big crossovers and she decided that no, she was going to go to WWE. Obviously her husband works for WWE. Um, so I, I would assume that that had a large portion to do with her deciding to go there. Would you agree? 
Yeah, because once you said Ty is over there, and I'm like, well, because Johnny's there. And if I could live and if, if my wife and I were both professional athletes like that, I'd, I'd want to be signed in the same organization. I don't know how some of them do it where, you know, wife is over here and husband's over here. Right. Um, I mean, another big, uh, another one where I don't know how they do it is Cult of Beardo, heard here Thursdays, 9 p.m. with uh, Big Daddy Beardo and the Rit. Um, I don't know how they do it. It's, it's really tough. They're a very ugly looking couple. Um, they've been together for a couple weeks now, but they're very good Hideous. together. Um, yeah. But not good looking at all. Great beards, but uh, they're heard 9 p.m.s here on this network, Cult of Beardo Thursdays. Yeah, don't don't miss that. Two there people go, who they'll 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 never be uh they'll never be separated. Cult of Beardo, tune in Thursday nights at 9 p.m. on this channel. Subscribe to them. By the way, I haven't mentioned this yet tonight, and I think uh I am overdue to mention it. If you would subscribe to this channel, we would greatly appreciate that. Definitely go ahead and subscribe. If you are an Amazon Prime member, you can every month get a free sub. You may either keep that, use that yourself, or you may even give that away. Um, by all means, the more people that we can get to come to Front Row Material would be tremendous. Um, also, if you would ever want to make small donations, you can also do it. We receive tips. We take tips. Enter joke. Just the tip. Just here. the tip. Just the tip. And you can go ahead and do that with our PayPal through frmpod at gmail.com. So, I mean, where else can you hear, you know, two guys talk about wrestling, one of which the guys isn't even wearing pants? Are you not wearing pants? I'm I'm good right now. Let me look. Are Hold you... on. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, well, no, Frank, it's me. I'm not wearing pants. No. Pa- what? What is that design on the boxers? What is that exactly? Oh, you'll love peanuts. They're pickles. They're no, they're pic- pickles. Rock on with your bad self with the pickles. Love it. Pickle boxers hiding my pickle. Yes. Nice. Um, wow. Before we before we go ahead and we wrap this up, we are going to go ahead and step out for one more break. After we do that, we'll be coming back for the big finish. And uh, we'll be telling you what's going to be coming up also on this channel later this week. So We're going to step out for a hot second, and we will be right back.
because I am uh, the 16th time. 16. 16. 16 time world champion. Man. Great video from our buddy Jay Lethal, who definitely is going to be coming back to Front Row Material to join us for a part two, a follow-up of his first visit. And if you've not gotten a chance to see that or hear that uh, on our podcast version, you can also go ahead and check it out on our FM pod channel here on Twitch. You can see the whole interview in itself and its entirety, how Jay makes fun of the fact that I have a uh, outlet plug that is a little higher than what it should be. And everything that's happened in his career from impersonating the Macho Man Randy Savage to obviously impersonating Ric Flair, what that was like for him to work a program with Ric Flair, and so much more. That's Jay Lethal. Follow him at The Lethal Jay as well on social media. All right, Fish, anything else you would like to say before we uh, we say our farewells this week? I wish Jay would have talked about his uh, his – on the screen romance with SoCal Val because I always had a little thing for SoCal Val. She was she was hot. Um, yeah, that was that was one of my favorites. There was a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about and I couldn't remember what the heck they were. I've had a couple well, of concussions, so I, I forget things easy. Speaking of SoCal Val, she and uh, you related Tara. to her? No, you related to her? <laughs> her Tara and Mickey James. Uh, G-A-W-T-V. Um, they do a they video together? Own, they have their own show. It is a uh, streaming show you can watch on YouTube. It's also a podcast as well. I am a big fan of that show, so I highly recommend watching that. Um, yeah, I would I would follow that. I would subscribe to that. They also have a uh, Twitter handle as well. I believe it's G-A-W-T-V. Um, I can confirm that. I'll make sure I tweet that out as well. Good deal. You've hung with me for week one of the uh, the Koi and Vance show. My gosh, I tell you. <laughs> you couldn't think of anything else to compare us to. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't. That's all I got is Koi and Vance. And I tell you what, if, uh, you the know. Bosom buddies. I, we could have done Tom go. Hanks and that other guy. That's true. Yeah. Turner and Hooch. Something. Tom Hanks and the other I, guy. I, Who was, oh, you mean, oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, where they dress up as women and they live in the apartment complex. Yes. We could have done perfect strangers. You could have been Balki Batakumus. That's true. Nobody nobody younger than us knows ex- anything what we're talking about right now. Not a clue. Not a clue. Not a clue. But with that being said, guys, if you enjoy what we're doing, please go ahead and uh, let us know on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Let us know in a favorite episode. Maybe there was a favorite conversation or a segment. Uh, We would love to hear from you. Also, as I mentioned before, please go ahead and subscribe to our Twitch channel. You can follow us on social media, Mikey Whiprick. And it's Mikey Whiprick underscore. It's Jerry Lynn. You can follow me. Also, follow the Riverfish. What is your handle on Twitter? Oh, I am at the Riverfish over on the Twitter. Nice. And once again, where can people find your wonderful podcast, Room 13? Tell us again. Find Room 13 over at Mojo50.com or at iHeartRadio or anywhere you can find uh, different podcasts. You can find my other podcast, Motivation You, also anywhere where podcasts are caught. If you have complaints about any comments I made today, please hit up Mikey Whipwreck. He uh, said his DMs are open and he will accept all the complaints about any jokes that weren't funny. 
Yeah, he's not going to be the secretary right now, so he's going to be he's going to be our HR department. Can you believe that, Mikey Whipwreck? That's going to go really, really well. <laughs> In the HR department, man. Uh, definitely pick up some for our material merchandise. We would appreciate that. We have to split this shit in like 19,000 different ways. You can go to Spreadshirt, uh, and we have tons of for our material merchandise from koozies to onesies for babies to uh, book bags, gym bags, hats, uh, skull Songs. caps, t-shirts, book, yes, animals, couches, uh, anything. I, shit, I don't even know. I think you can get an Afghan there if you want. So you can get the stuff there, or you can go to Pro Wrestling Tees and go ahead and find our information there as well. And when I said that before, I meant a blanket, because I know a lot of people probably don't even know that, that reference, an Afghan. Yeah, they probably don't. A blanket, a throw, whenever you kids who've been alive for a cup of coffee know it as. Anyway, all right, that's going to do it for the fish. I am Mike Freeland. We will see you next week on Furrow Material. Stops.